Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. You see, you can't do that with your mic settings. It's just going to cut you out. And this is Peyton Jones. You know, you're my, you're not as velvety as you used to be. I'm just going to throw that out there. I think my mic, it's all jacked up. I think I messed with things, and now I made it bad. Uh, you got to have, uh, what's that guy who you referred me to, and he came over to my house, and he fixed up all my audio? I know. I know. See, you probably can't hear that right then. Justin. Justin. Justin, IT guy. I don't, all I remember is he comes over, he spends like an hour, and I go, what do I owe you? And it was like, I don't know, 40 bucks. I'm like, here's 100, dude. Come on. You came over to my house, man. I'm like, I love it when millennials have no idea of what their true value is to the marketplace. Yeah, because it was a lot more than 100, wasn't it? <laughs> well, what I would have had to have paid, you know, a pro. Absolutely. Hey, I hired Ben's back. Speaking of that. Oh, did you? Yeah, just part-time. Just part-time. I have a great Ben story. Okay, let me hear it. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Ben's worked with us almost since the beginning of Church Planner Magazine. He was our graphic designer. We would just send everything to him. He would do it. Awesome. And then um, at the beginning of COVID, I had to let him go just because we had to like pare down everything because of what was coming with COVID. And so not, not because he was bad at all. So it's awesome that Peyton just hired him back. I mean, he was great. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Best attitude. And normally graphic designers, they got like a little bit of an edge. Like, what do you mean you don't like this? You know, like I'm the graphic designer. You're just some schmuck. No, he'd be like, oh, you want me to change it? Oh, okay. You want me to? He just, he'd do it. And 
And, you know, because he was in the Philippines, it didn't cost us very much. But to him, he was like, I'm living high on the hog. He sent his wife to college. He, like, got a new house. Like, it it, it was a total game changer for him. Yeah. Yeah. You were a great boss, though. You can send him, like, iPads and computers and crap. I'm like, Dude. we sent him. Like, we would do those calls wow. once a year. And, and yeah. So, um, so anyway, <laughs> Benz is a Facebook friend. I kid you not, man. This this is how you know your employee works in the Philippines. <laughs> so he's got this picture. And he goes, I had to YouTube it to learn how to drive it. It was an automatic. He was like, I don't know how to drive an automatic. He had to YouTube how to drive an automatic. Whereas in the States, you'd have to YouTube how to drive a manual. Because you'd be so like, I, I don't know how to. I mean, like that's how few people have automatics in the Philippines. So I just, good, dude. I was like, dude, this is a Ben story, man. This is a Ben story all the way. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, I had a rad little Zoom call. What's the R for? What's the D for? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like when you, when you don't drive an automatic, that probably throws you off. And so why would you ever want N? N, N doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so funny. Gosh. And then there's a one and a two. That's that's confusing. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, it was funny because um, I had a great, like, I've never had like a Zoom call with him. Have you? Yeah, we have. <laughs> you and I have. We have? Yeah. Like once a oh, year. I'm, I'm so terrible. I don't remember stuff, man. So, Anyways, I had a great chat with him. He's rad. I was talking to him, going, "What talk to this dude more?" So uh, he, maybe his English little, has gotten better because his English was his, really bad at the beginning. He was doing great. I tell you, what was bad was a connection, but his English was yeah. rocking. And he was like, "Oh, I'm a little self conscious about that," but I think he speaks it better than he writes it to us. But I still, I he got better for sure. We worked for him, with him for like how many years? Almost since the beginning, right? So yeah, like, like six years six or seven, something. something like that. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, I, uh, yeah, so he's, he's back, um, in, in action with me. Uh, Dude, offline, you're going to have to give me the details of your, uh, okay. your working. Did, did he have another job? Uh, I don't know. I, it, it, is he, he working for you full-time or part-time? Part-time. Might, might need to come do an arrangement. So, but yeah, I can't I mean, even imagine how little you're paying him if it's part time because I know we were paying him for full time and that was ridiculously cheap. Yeah. yeah. So, speaking of which, I did a webinar of my own last week and I, nice. I, I probably have done webinars. I'm, I was about to say, I don't think uh, I've ever done a webinar. You and I, I did a I webinar, have. but you know, well, with you, it's different, right? That was like our thing, but I feel like. Like I grew up, like I ran the webinar, Pete. Like I actually ran the tech. I ran everything. And then, and then I'm in the webinar. You pushed the start button. Are you serious? I pushed, I registered, I set go it up. Live. I pushed the start button, go live. I actually, uh, it's funny, man. Cause, cause it, to me, it just felt like coming of age. I, I run webinars. I was running them for weeks and weeks for exponential. But for me to run my own was kind of a big deal. And I made tons of mistakes and did a bunch of stuff wrong. But like kind of afterwards, it was like, that was super cool and a little bit addicting. I think I want to keep running those. But being the doofus that I am, I couldn't figure out 
how do I turn this? How do I let everyone interact? <laughs> For just guys like, dude, you wanted a Zoom call? Uh, webinars, you people ask questions via text. They drop in the chat. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, all right. So I couldn't understand why you do a webinar instead of a instead of a Zoom call afterwards. Like, why did I do a webinar? But that's just part of being Peyton Jones. That's that's how that's how we run this thing. Wow, interesting. I was hoping you would tell me right then why I run a webinar over a Zoom call. But well, there's a time and a place for everything. So I would do a webinar in a couple of different circumstances. One, if you hardly have anyone show up and you don't want them to know how few people are there, do a webinar. I didn't do too bad, actually. If you have uh, basically over 100 people, then you got to do a webinar. Because then there's too many screens all over the place and everyone's seeing each other. So I think I might just keep it to a Zoom going forward for a little bit. Or I'll do a webinar, drop a Zoom link in and say, if you're part of New Breed. So like next month, uh, the third, because the way I'm doing it is it's going to be next month is going to be Ralph Moore. Um, and each month I've got like Brian Sanders, uh, uh, Hugh Halter, some of the guys that you and I, I'll probably get Caesar Kalinowski on there as well, but, and I'll pay these guys. So I'm paying them. The webinar is free, but what's happening Who's is financing this. Me? Hey, I mean, can you get me on there? I'd like to get paid finally. <laughs> yeah. So, so the way it works is that really the network is because it's for a new breed. This is kind of like our monthly, uh, I want to, I can do it for new breed. <laughs> there is always that possibility, Pete. So, so here's the thing is I want to have 20 minutes with Ralph where Ralph just talks 20 minutes of people hitting with Q and a, and then 20 minutes afterwards where, um, new breed, He's just coaching and counseling new breeders that are bringing them there. So here's here's the problem with what you just laid out. There's no way you can let someone else talk for 20 minutes. Really? Yeah, you oh, can't. You mean I can? You personally cannot oh, let can. someone else talk kidding? for 20 minutes. When, when I ran this thing, I actually had butterflies in my stomach before I ran the webinar, which That's is awesome. the stupidest thing ever. Because, dude, I'm. Like I had one with Andy Stanley, like early on, I had an interview with him. Like, what? What's even nervous? I'm going on talking about my own stuff that I'm passionate about. Oh, I run podcasts, run uh, shows for Exponential every week. It, it made no sense, but there was just something about it being like, this is yours, right? And it, it's stupid. So, was this the one that you did with Tony, or who was the webinar you did with Tony? And his wife. Me and his wife. Or is that coming up? You're like interviewing them on. Oh house yeah, no, that's that's right after this. Is that? I'm actually doing that today. Is that um, for new breed or is that for Expo? It's for exponential. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So that one I'm doing for Expo, but that that's what I'm saying is I'm doing this stuff all the time, but it was like this is my own. You know, it was just different. I don't know how to put it. You know. But uh, yeah, nice. It's it's hey, it's it's part of how my head works, I think, which is a problem. So, but it was fun, dude. I had so much fun. So going forward, no, I'll, I'll honestly twenty minutes letting Ralph Moore get in there and talk. Cannot wait. No, honestly, man, I, I don't want to do Jack. This is for my new breed network. This is for them. Anyone can come to the first forty minutes and the last twenty, and I have a feeling it'll go beyond. I think at every point that Zoom call afterwards, if you're part of the network, you get to jump in. 
if you're not part of the network, you know, uh, you <laughs> I hope your church goes down. No, just <laughs> well, you know, you can join New Breed at any time. I'm just saying. No, we'll, we'll take you if you're part of someone else too. No problem. Well, we we do do that. However, um, we do have some things where we typically we, we about half of the people that apply, we tell them that they're better served by another network. No kidding. We are a I little quirky. That. Yeah, about half of the people we tell them. That one of them is. So in other words, so in other words. You had to tell one other person. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Actually, we're getting a I lot know. of applications right now. It's it's growing, which is kind of exciting. But then I'm talking about it more. I, you know, we've been doing this thing seven years. I never really talked about New Breed. Of course, the whole time I worked for Nam, uh, sorry, Nam, I, I do got to tell your secrets. Uh, this was the funny thing. Nam was like, you you can't talk about New Breed. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah, no, you can't talk about them. And I'm like, you guys understand, like, we're real small, right? Like, on a good day, we've got 30 people in this network. And it's conversational. It's we use the boxer calls. It's resource and relationships. That's all we do. We don't give people money. If anything, they they contribute towards a new breed. And we give them coaching. We give them uh, training. We give them all that stuff at a fraction of what they would pay um, somewhere else. But they, they, they pay into it. They, they help us keep the lights on. They help us pay speakers like Ralph Warren buy webinars, which cost $400 annually, Pete. I'm just saying. So, you know, that, that's, that's how Nick Reed works. But I've never talked about it. But, yeah, for three years, Nam was like, yeah, you can't talk about it. And I used to always laugh and say. So did you buy the webinar package on Zoom? I dude, yeah. For a year? It was expensive. Yeah, it was 400 bucks, dude. Dude, you got to hook me up because I need to use that because I don't want to spend use the Use it anytime you want, brother. I mean, <laughs> I'm, hey, uh, by the way, Church Planner Podcast, this is Peyton Jones. Pete Mitchell, Rich. I couldn't hear you, man. You cut out. That stupid mic. I am I am Pete Mitchell's Rich. It's got a setting, and I'm going to change it. Here, you talk a little bit, and I'll change it real quick. <clears throat> so... Uh, How's everybody doing out there in the podcast world? This is Pete Mitchell, and you're listening to Love Lines with Church Planner Podcast. Automatically adjust. Okay, suppress background noise. That's going off. Ba-boom. How's that? Ba-boom. Oh, velvety again, baby. Ba-boom. All right. There we go. Now you can get excited it. and everyone can hear it. Dude, I'm all, I'm all technical these days. Check me out. <laughs> You're technical. It's it's like I'm people have officer. no idea the struggle <laughs> I've had to deal with over the years working with you. Wait, there's an on button. Where's the on button? I didn't. What? <laughs> Just it's like I'm Officer Murphy, and now I died, and they gave me a robot body, and now I'm back. I'm technological. Oh, pain. I love how you just did a little throwback. That's why you got it on. Now you we like can that? Do you like that? How you like them apples? <laughs> now we can hear your guy. Okay, you can go ahead and turn that. You want you want to turn off? Yeah, you can turn that thing pretty. back on. All right, all right. Here we go. Uh, that'll teach you to complain, Pete. <laughs> this is such a professional podcast. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on medium. How's that? That's a happy medium. I had it on high before. It said typing and dog barks. Now it's computer fan and pen taps. Low is faint background sound. Is How's it on that? medium? Yeah. Still bad. Let me put bump it up to high. How's that? Tell me, is that high now? It's it's medium. Yeah, put it on high. Let's let's see the difference. Well, that's what that's what you didn't like before. I know, but I mean, it's kind of loud. See, it, it blocked me out. 
I screamed like a little girl and they did nothing. <laughs> Sorry, like a like a little person, not not like a little person, like you know, <laughs> you know, like a like a like a little person of either gender or or ethnicity or what do you mean either gender? You mean there's only two? I mean, I mean, uh, of, of the gender of their personal preference at a young age. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. Dude, yesterday Jamie tells me she goes, We're driving home from uh so okay, the the kids church at the the mothership, right? Because we kind of go to this, they call it a church plant. It's not really, it's like a church branch. So the mothership Does your pastor still listen to us, by the way, or is he given up long? I, I think he's given up on me, <laughs> just as a general. <laughs> I want nothing to do with that. I Pete take no guy. credit for Pete or blame. So they they closed down the children's church, which was like every Wednesday night because of COVID. And so uh, one of the guys who goes to our church, I know him pretty well. Cool, cool guy, Nick. He's like, we're just going to do it at our house. So, you know, they got like all the staff that wants to come do it. They go over to his house Tuesday nights or Tuesday afternoons. And from 3.30 to 5.30, they do the children's church. It's like they were doing it at the church. And like Jamie and I go and pick up our kids and at five 30, their front lawn is like a tornado of kids and dogs just running everywhere. <laughs> like all the neighborhood knows, send your kids over to Nick's house, Nick and Hannah. So, um, so anyway, I couldn't go last night. So uh, Jane picks them up and they're driving back and she goes out of the blue. Luke asked me, so why is it that sometimes a little boy thinks he's a little girl? Oh, nice. I know. I'm like, great. We got to have this conversation. My nine-year-old got to explain this to him. So Jamie was trying to find out, you know, where this came from. And we don't really know, you know. Oh, really? You don't, you guys never got to the end of that? No, it could have come from school. Could have come from Fortnite for all I know. He plays that thing all the time. Oh, speaking of Fortnite, does he play that? Oh, do you play it? I can hook you two up. Dude, I'm good. I, I'm accidentally good. So I started playing. And I'm not kidding. Like, he plays that game like crazy. Dude, the last five games I played, I got number one in a row. And I'm I don't know what that means, now. but that sounds good. It, it means out of like, what is it, like 50 people? I don't even know. Okay, so Jonathan Ferguson, right? Former missions pastor at, at our mothership. Right? I'm sure he, he unfriended uh, me. <laughs> well, he he ends up coming coming over. We're doing this through the word thing at my house and uh, having this planning meeting. He comes over and he he's telling me about Fortnite. And I saw oh, I saw it once, but my heart got going so fast when I played it in Europe with a buddy of mine. I was I was like I can't play this anymore. Um, my heart's going too fast. It's going to give me a heart attack. I could play like Overwatch or one of those. But anyways, he shows me how to play it. And I get on there to get number one. He's like, dude, what in the heck? I play another game. I get number one again. Every time I played since I played three more games, I'm number one. It's it's like uh, Battle Royale. It's like your last man standing. And at every point I'm winning. And I'm like, okay, this is weird. But anyways. So do you I, just go and hide somewhere, let everyone else kill each other? And then you kind of, hey, I'm the last one. No, what I do is I, I go hunt for all these epic weapons. And I just look for weapons, look for weapons, look get all these rad weapons. When people are fighting me, they must have like green, blue level weapons. I got a purple. And if you don't know video games, purple's epic, right? 
gold is legendary. There's like this nerd colored coordination thing going on. So anyways, um, but all I wanted, when he was telling me the reason we got is he goes, oh, they're doing Marvel. And I just looked at him and said, can I be Captain America? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like, okay, I need to play. So that's why I played. So I have right now it's Mandalorian. You can be Mandalorian. I got that. So I I went on there to to my surprise. um, He he mentioned that you could be snake eyes. Well, like, look at my office. Look at my arm. Look at my tattoo. Well, that's all he had to say. Luke was just asking me. He goes, do you know who snake eyes is? I go, yeah, G.I. Joe. Oh, wow. And I go, yeah, he's a good guy. What? He's a good guy? <laughs> like, he didn't know because he's all in black, mask, you know. Ninja. He's a technical. It's like me, Pete. He's a technically competent ninja. That's what I am now. It's the old and the new mixed together. So here's the thing, right? Please tell me I didn't. God, please tell me I didn't cut out this. Thing. That, that was the most epic statement ever. So here's the thing is I go on there. I literally, they told me that I go on there. I log in. Oh, I can just find the ninja. I can just find Snake Eyes. I'm like, funny. Just take my Log back off. I'm done. Oh, and I got the Mandalorian too to boot just for buying this battle pass thing. So I'm like, this is great. So, I, I'm, uh, I'm seriously, I'm going to make you friend Luke and then you guys can play. Is he on Xbox? Uh, he's on, I think he does it on his Switch. It's cross platform, I think. Probably. Yeah, I think it's got to be, right? What do they care where someone's so logging in? It's funny because this is leading into our topic today, which is how to reopen your church, right? How to build back better, Pete. But we're talking about, sorry, I probably alienated a lot of you with that statement. I didn't mean to. It just, my mind is wicked and I can't help but go in places. So, you know, here's the thing is you're going to reopen your church, right? The thing about that game. Do I need Fortnite, to, do I need to let in our, our intro? Yeah. Great, Scott. It's time for this week's topic. Let's get down Let's to the nitty gritty. All right. Yeah. In stereo. So, uh, so the thing about that game is that it's really kind of taken a platform. We all need, I mean, GoldenEye, Pete, I'm sure that's all you did when you were in college to play GoldenEye. Right? No. Oh, okay. See, the, the, I'm strictly a solitaire Sudoku Tetris. That's I don't beg you for that. It's because I get too frustrated when I play yeah. games. If I'm not winning, I get ticked and I just don't play them. So I've I learned every don't time I've come up as number one on Fortnite, I'm like, what in the heck? This game must be stupid if I'm coming up as number one. But I have been told by John Ferguson that in his house currently I'm a legend. So I don't want to touch that. I don't want to mess with it. So I'm I'm kind of uh I'm kind of not not, not going but I have snake eyes with number one status. So but here's the thing, um, how to reopen your church plan. It's really important as you're looking at the um games like that. You know, one thing they do is they took an old genre. And they really mixed it up for this generation. Like they'll have like like concerts in there. Like the sky will fill up with like some band, and it'll be playing in the sky like giant versions of the band. And and people will show up. It's like an event. Like people will show up. They had like some big Marvel event, but somehow they're tapping into where people are at. Older gamers like myself tend to stand back and go, "That's really stupid. That's really lame. I don't like that." Which is what we do as leaders often when young leaders come up and they've got their new way of doing things and they're onto something with their own generation, with their own culture. And we stand back and say, no, I like the way it was. I like 
I kind of like, you know, what I used to have, you know, when I played Goldeneye or I played uh, whatever MOBA it is I liked or whatever, whatever game I'm, I'm trying to, what was that one Counter-Strike, you know? So I'm of a generation of gamers where it was kind of- I like, am known as the legend in my house for Mario Kart. I'll just throw that out there. Nice. Mario Kart's my game. game. Dude. Yeah. That's a hard game. So, but, but anyway- Also, I'm competing against a nine-year-old and a six-year-old. So, you know. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny funny that you say that. Um, I actually have um, I have the same thing going on in my house. I do dominate that game, but uh, many fights break out over Mario Kart. Really? Oh, my girls are they're savage, dude. Nice. My two girls are savage. There's there's eye gouging and biting and things happen. So, uh, but you know. <laughs> The, the funny thing is, you know, my, my one daughter's at the hospital today. She's the one, the small one, um, my younger one. She's the one you don't mess with, right? She was the, like, micro-premium. That baby fought for every every ounce to live. And we always, we have a joke in the Jones house. You don't mess with a micro-premium. Uh, let them do what they want, you know? So, anyways, um, but the, uh, so going back to this whole thing about, reopening your church is um, on this webinar I did the other day, which if you do want to replay, um, you can head over to Ministry Ninja, sign up for the newsletter there. And I am going to release this thing in case you missed it. And you're like, oh, I had better things to do. Don't worry. I'll still bless your absence and uh, give you a copy of this thing, the video. But uh, one of the reasons that I threw that webinar together is I am starting to open up coaching. I've never done that. Oh, dang it. So, Are you going to do one-on-one uh, -on -one or group coaching? I'm going to do group. And yeah. people can do the one-on-one, -on -one, but um, I personally, I think, I actually think group coaching is better than one-on-one -on -one simply be uh, like, I, I do, I actually do have one client that's one-on-one -on -one and his denomination is paying for him. And uh, he didn't know who I was. His denomination uh, set him up. So it's like, I'm counseling this guy. What denomination? He has no idea. He has no idea how, how awesome I am. What denomination is he's, it? He's from the Presbyterians. Oh, no kidding. The so Presbyterians set him up with someone who said, hey, I actually want to bring Peyton into this. So I'm a part of that. So actually, it's two on one. He's getting two coaches, and we're just taking him through his denomination's pain. So, uh, But the, the reality is, is that as we're looking at opening up um, again, now is the time. And the webinar, I brought this up, that now, and it came through one of the questions, actually. Somebody said, hey, man, as we open up, because that seems to be everybody's question. If you didn't shut down or you had to modify and all the restrictions are lifted off now and you're starting to head back, is now a time where you could literally see kind of um, hitting a reset button on the church? Should you hit a reset button on the church? Obviously, um, being me. And writing books like Church Zero, cha-ching, and Reaching and Reach, cha-ching. Obviously, those books were less about church planting and more about um, church reform. And I've got this kind of theory that, that people like me that end up going overseas missionaries, people like Leslie Newbigin, that was a guy. <laughs> and uh, also people like, like Roland <laughs> Allen. <laughs> um, but people like Roland Allen. Um, uh, Jim Peterson that wrote Church Without Walls. When you go to the mission field, 
you can't switch off being a missionary. So you come back to your own culture and you look at it with missionary eyes. And so you're analyzing your own culture. And part of that is analyzing the church. So you inadvertently become a church reformer, which is what Newbigin was, Roland Allen was, Jim Peterson, and then some of my books. I always say that church plant church plantology is actually my first real church planting book. Um, Zero was kind of loosely about team planting. It was really about team leadership, um, kind of being a reformation of leadership. Reaching the unreached was a reformation of leadership-centric churches and making it more about you'll only really reach the unreached if you become congregations. And now, not not centered on Je- obviously we're centered on Jesus. What I mean is the focus is always on leadership. Go online. Everybody's talking about leadership, leadership, leadership. And if God's taught me one thing on mission, it is so very little about me. When we're going to watch a Super Bowl, you'll see the coach. The coach will be important. The coach will be a factor. But the coach is on the sidelines. Uh, this Sunday, it's going to be the players that matter, right? And, and that's how a church ought to be. It ought to be the people in front of you. That's your team. That's your real team. Um, the coaches, that's what I would think of as the leadership, right? We're there to enable and empower them. What COVID-19 and the lockdown and the pandemic taught us is that we are not prepared for when the coaches don't show up. When the coaches can't do their thing, the players should still be able to play the game. Mm. And what happened during COVID was somehow it was coach-centric. It was all about the coaches. It wasn't about the players. But when the coaches weren't allowed to do their thing, everybody, and, and you get these statistics, and you guys are going to have to forgive me if I'm unsympathetic. Because when I see people go, oh, it's rough for pastors right now. They're thinking about quitting. I'm like, it's about time. It's about time because you should have quit that nonsense ages ago. Right? I'm not surprised that when you got stopped from running a show that you're discouraged now because you can't run a show anymore. And that may seem cold, callous, and unfeeling, but the reality is I, I can't say what I've been saying for as long as I've been saying it and, and pretend that I don't feel like that has to stop. The game needs to change. So when I look at coming back and relaunching your church, um, which is how I think of it, obviously I want you to do it differently. Otherwise, I wouldn't have written the, the two previous books. The, the only hope that I have with church planting is that I'm trying to get you guys to start them differently. That perhaps is why I've ended up in church planting more than anything else, because it's a lot easier to turn a speedboat around, a little small, fast on the ground thing, than turn a tanker around. And the tankers... I know a lot of you have said, hey, you know, I I have an established church. I have an existing church. Um, But the reality is you've got to be able to turn. um, It's a lot easier just to get started right than it is to reform later. It's not impossible to reform. But but church planning, I, I have more hope for planners than I do existing leaders, if that makes sense. There's a lot more. I, I'd say it in church zero. Teaching that having more means having more to lose. So, and I make that point in zero that if you make the changes, I actually, midway through the book, I have a chapter called Blowing Up the Death Star. And I basically say, you're not going to do this. Everything I've talked about 
You're not going to do it because you stand to lose too much if you take what I'm saying in this book. So again, that's the heart of the Reformation at Chirpturochiching. And but but let's talk about going back now. You've been given a natural breakpoint, a natural line of demarcation to say, hey, we, we, we got a chance to do a do-over. So if I were approaching going back and meeting face-to-face, I would then say, all right, everybody, we got caught out. The weaknesses of every church, because it, it's very, it's very, um, it takes a degree of humility to come back and say, hey, we've been doing a lot of things wrong. We haven't been doing everything wrong, but we've been doing a lot of things wrong here. So COVID, the lockdown, the pandemic, when we got separated, it's caused us to have to evaluate what was weak. When, when our Sunday gathering was stripped away, what were we left with? Many churches have come to find out they were left with very little afterwards. That's a humbling conclusion. You're admitting to your congregation that you did not lead them as well as you could have, which, hello, uh, you're going to be admitting that for the rest of your life. And even when you sit before Jesus, right? So just get ready for that. Embrace that, right? Um, but here's the deal. When you come back, the, the number one thing that we need to learn to do is to make it not dependent on us. So the buzzword, obviously, is discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. And I Give me an example of how that looks. How do you make it not about you? So, so when, like, for example, let's just talk about some of the things that could have been done during the pandemic. You and I are going to have Don Stoner on um, coming up in the, in the weeks to come. And the reason that I was like, you and I have talked about it before, but the reason it really come to my mind to have Don is if I were just going to do a video for my church, I would have done it like a webinar. I wouldn't have done worship service, worship service. And then because statistically no one was coming, no one was going to sit there and, and sing in their living room. I'm not saying we don't say the Joneses, we sung in our living room, you know, but luckily our church said, Hey, we'll do one or two songs. Um, but I would have done everything completely differently. I would have made it all about discussion and interaction. Because if I'm going to do uh, something online, I want it to be as interactive as possible. And I think one of the giant mistakes that pastors made is they tried to make it a show. We'll just do this as a show. And I said in the beginning, you can go back and listen to the episode. I said, guys, once you do that, they're going to realize I can just stay at home and watch a show anytime I want. I don't have to go face to face because you're not offering me anything I can do exclusively when I come face to face. We all know that, that when you go to a concert, you get something more out of a concert. But if I can stream that concert, okay, granted, you know, but we're not talking concerts. We're talking the worship of God. And so when you come together, is there communion? Because I can't take communion uh, in the same way virtually, right? We need to come together. I can't use my gifts uh, on the believers or sounds like a, an experiment or, 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 or something bad. I can't use my gifts on them. Um, but you know, there's certain things I can't do. I can't, I can't lay hands on someone and pray for them as their hearts breaking, the life falling apart. There are certain things that, that church only church or an AA, I would, I would admit can do. And we have 
neglected the things that are exclusive to the body of Christ when they're face to face. So what I'm saying is when we restart, get those things going again. But also at the same time, um, when we, so you're saying, give me an example. So the reason back to Don Stoner with the science, Don Stoner is a, is an uber scientist, one of the smart, smartest dudes, probably the smartest dude I've ever met. Um, helped invent the compact disc, was on that team. His dad helped invent the hydrogen bomb. Um, the, you know, the, just do the mega brain from a, a, a long line of mega brains. And he regularly meets with the big boys, like some of the like most amazing scientists out there. And he meets with them and they get together and they talk more philosophically and about, you know, what can we know for sure and more epistemology. And of course, he's the Christian. He's the only Christian in the room. And so he has these rad talks with them, but he knows how to have these conversations. And he was a member of our church. Um, so we could, we could bring Don into any conversation group. One, one of the things I remember, I brought this up before, like when I was talking with Wayne, you know, when he was working for me right before he went to, to Club Fed, um, I was like, we, we were talking we about, that. what's that? Yeah. We, we were talking about evolution, right? Because he definitely believes in the theory of evolution. And it was literally because of a conversation that Don and I had at Refuge one Sunday. I don't know what I was doing, but I wasn't in the service and he wasn't in the service. I don't, I don't know what job I had to do that day that kept me out, but he and I just started talking. And so listening to him and his whole take on theistic evolution, I was able to have that conversation with Wayne and be like, well, you know, this is why for me, I don't believe in evolution as it stands as a theory. It's got too many holes in it, but theistic evolution, I'm okay with that. It's not my go-to for me personally, but I don't have a problem with that because it makes a lot more sense to me. But that was only because of my conversation with Don. Yeah. And just hearing him walk through the whole, all the different problems that, that are happening with what we see in, right. you know, the, the fossil well, Don, record and et cetera. Yeah, Don, you know, it's funny because Don doesn't believe in evolution, which is he believes in an old earth, but, but Don will kind of train you to let certain things go in these conversations. He'll teach you kind of what, what to major on, what to focus on, um, as it, because you can't bring someone immediately to heal under the authority of scripture when that's just so foreign to them. And so he'll have a way that he'll bring them rationally to make certain allowances and come to certain common understandings. And, and it's, it's a genius, it's genius to watch to do the genius. But what I would have done is with, as soon as we moved from face to face, um, I would have literally um, brought it into an equipping mode. Like, you guys are out there. Um, you're out there interacting with people. Let's get in a philosopher, right? Now, now, I'm not saying we wouldn't have still had preaching on the Word of God. Um, funny enough, I just saw a post this week where preaching was not at the expense of um, something else that was good. Um, and, and, and I get where people are at, but none of these things should be juxtaposition against one another. They're, preaching is extremely important. Jesus said, for this reason, I've come to preach the gospel of the kingdom. Paul said, for I labored to know nothing amongst you. Um, Paul talked about preaching, preaching. So preaching is important, but preaching means proclaiming. 
And even though we talk about from the pulpit and teaching people that that is super important, um, you know, I would continue to teach and to preach. That is a staple. But there are other things that we can do. And, and in particular, we can teach and train others to preach and proclaim. Um, that's something. Excuse me, that's something we're all called to do. So I would literally say um, we need to train our peeps to um, have gospel conversations. And that's where I would be because I'd be like, look, you're going to be talking to your neighbors. Um, you're going to meet people in a new way, particularly towards the first like few months of this. We're thinking about God. Um, part of what I think was missed was a lot of the people that went to the online services were not believers. And I know that. Because of the conversations I have with non-believers, said, "Oh, I, I checked out a uh, such and such online. You know, I started having questions. People have questions when a pandemic's hitting, and they're 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 suddenly forced to think about eternity. But I don't think the average leader was even aware of that. I think the average leader was thinking, "How do I continue to get the eyeballs and the money coming?" And and that may sound really derogatory, but I I do believe that. I think the thing we talked about was the money coming in and the number of views. I still think boss people often get forgotten as we run the machine. So uh, when you ask, what would I do? Um, it's very much what I would have done um, even before. And this is, this is why I say like when we're training like, you know, new breed planners or, you know, what we did with refuge or pillar or any of the churches I've been a part of, um, the conversation is part of me training them. So when you say something like, um, when's the best time to plant a tree you want to use for shade? Probably 10 to 20 years ago. So if I plant a church, uh, a lot of our new breeders felt like we had trained them to plant a tree that was going to get shade, give shade now. During the pandemic, their people were equipped. So if you came to like any of the churches that I that I planted, they literally, um, we sit in the small groups. I've talked about this many, many times. We sit in the small groups and we literally interact. You become a gospel minister, right? So when when I would open back up, if I were going to your church or I were a leader there, I would say, hey, one of the things we realize is we have not been equipping you. You have not been discipling you. So literally, I would say you immediately get rid of the rows. You go towards half circles, and I hear right away someone saying, oh, Peyton, that's just your style. It is my style. But if you can think of a better style or or one as good as that's going to train everybody in that room, fine. You might say, hey, but Peyton, you know, people leave if I do that because people don't like to interact and it makes them uncomfortable. Okay. But you hear what I'm saying, right? And Because and, I hear what you're saying. You're saying Christians don't like to interact. Because I tell you what, non-believers, when they came to our churches, they got it. It would be very rare that a non-believer, it was usually church people, very rare that a non-believer would say, I can't have this. Normally, they'd be like, really? I can talk? And these guys are cool and down to earth? I would literally have something be interactive. And I would be focusing on, some of you have heard of micro churches. Um, in the midweeks, we would have um, what we called cogs, which was communities of grace. And every other week, we would do something missional. So uh, we would run them for a certain number of weeks. And if you get the webinar, I'm going to unpack this a little bit more. We would run them for a certain number of weeks just to get everybody kind of getting to know each other, tracking in something in the word and what have you. And then every other week, through affinity and figuring out what their gift sets were, 
we would do some mission every other week. But when you came to Sunday and you were sitting in a small group, so there would be worship, teaching, and then interactive discussion, you were either sitting with someone whose life was falling apart or somebody who um, needed the, the, the gospel and you were able to share and evangelize. All those things were happening at that time. And what was amazing was that people were being discipled on mission on Sundays. We were equipping our people so that if we could no longer meet on Sundays, they had already been equipped for the time where we were just the coaches. We were just providing a pitch for them to play on, standing on the sidelines and letting them go and make the touchdowns and lead people to Christ in groups. The ministry that was happening was a body ministry, much like what you see in Acts chapter 2, uh, 42, where it says, and they met daily, gave themselves the apostles' teaching, the breaking of bread, prayer, and giving of one another's possessions. Those same people were the ones that went on to plant Antioch. Just nameless, non-leadership rolled believers who just ended up being so well discipled, they couldn't help, but wherever they go, use their gifts and see the gospel spread. That's what I want to create. And I'm hoping for you guys who are going to reopen, that's what you want to create. That's what you're in ministry for, to be a coach, not to be the guy on the, in the chicken suit running around like a mascot going, look at me, look at me. But hopefully you're on the sidelines going, I'm here for them. I'm here for the players. I'm here to set them free and equip them and, and let them run with the ball. That's what ministry is. While, you, time, Pete. while you're doing all that, Peyton, uh, how do you have time to do uh, all the bookkeeping and accounting and IRS compliance and all that that has to be done for your church? I go to Simplify Church, Pete. And actually, I am. this is relevant. I'm actually dealing with Simplify Church. I've got a call with them next week to get on that uh, paycheck protection program. So they're going to help me out with that because uh, we all know that I screw up forms like that. So uh, they're going to Are you doing a hand. PPP loan? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I do the second round. I didn't do the first round because I was like, I don't want the government in my ministry's pocket. But uh, they did forgive all those loans. So I'm kind of like, you know what? Maybe maybe it's good stewardship for me to hop in on this. But I do have mixed feelings about it, Pete. But they're going to walk me through early next week and chat with me about it and see if it's a good move for me. So that's just another one of those things that Simplify Church does. Even even this week when we had someone join, they said, hey, am I going to get in your end of your receipt? And they listen to the podcast. And I said, yes, you will. And here, wait for it, because we use all capitals, simplifychurch.com. <laughs> and nice. they send those out for us every year. So, yes, you definitely, if you did not send out your end of your tax compliance, you're already out of compliance with the IRS. You should get in touch with simplifychurch.com because you were required by law to give those to the donors. The cool thing is, Simplify Church will do all that for you. Take it completely off your hands. Send those out and you'll be compliant and you'll be happy. That's SimplifiedChurch.com. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, 
leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Thank you.